Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you get past your blocks and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and on my website at winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share it with others in your community, and I hope you'll decide to join my community. You can become a fan of the show at winnieanderson.com fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox, along with information, tips, and resources to help you position and pre-sell yourself as the unique, trusted solution provider you are, so you can profit from your expertise and build a business in alignment with your faith, beliefs, and values. You know, growing a business can certainly be scary. We know we need to put ourselves out there. We need to market ourselves. We need to market ourselves in such a way that we attract attention, that we inspire people to want to learn more, and ultimately to say yes to working with us. For those of us who are corporate escapees, we grew up as professionals in an environment that was a constant struggle between standing out and not really wanting to stand out. You know, there was a good part of standing out, being recognized as a leader, getting a promotion, excuse me, being asked to participate in a project, getting a pay increase. But there's also a lot of negatives connected with standing out in corporate life, such as being ridiculed, being punished even, and heaven help you if you really make a mistake at work. I'm sure you know plenty of people who took a risk who made a mistake, who were disciplined, and who may have even been fired. You know, it's bad enough that you take a risk, make a mistake, and even fail at something and have your coworkers, peers all know it, and it it could destroy your reputation and ultimately even your career. I know plenty of people who had to leave their company and work someplace else to manage their reputation. So, Is it really any wonder that we become fearful of taking chances when we're out on our own? Well, imagine if you took a really big risk, something you were excited about trying, and you failed. And you failed in a big, bad way. What if people laughed at you? Horrible, right? Okay, well, now imagine that all happened on national TV, and it ended up on the Internet. How humiliating. What would you do? Would you crawl under a bed and pray that the internet would just go down? Maybe somebody would take pity on you and and pull the recording offline? What would you do? Well, that is what happened to today's guest. William Hung went from being an unknown civil engineering student at the University of California at Berkeley to becoming an overnight sensation because of his failed audition on the talent show, American Idol. He's now a funny, inspirational speaker who shares his message of taking risks and embracing failure with students, association members, and entrepreneurs. 
and he coaches entrepreneurs who want to leverage speaking to speak from the heart, embrace the mistakes they've made, get their message out there, make a big impact, and ultimately achieve the success that they were really born to have. So listen in as William shares just how he wound up on American Idol in the first place, how what looks like your biggest failure at the time could actually be your biggest path to success, his key point of view that helped him survive the pain of rejection and embrace the opportunities that it brought, where he believes optimism really comes from, and the big secret that he revealed on Jimmy Kimmel. You won't believe it. Now, as always, listen all the way to the end, and I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, so welcome, William. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for being able to be here. You're welcome. Me too. <laughs> so let's take a trip in the Wayback Machine, shall we? And Because there are probably about three people on the planet who don't know you and haven't heard your story yet. But I know before American Idol, there was some kind of talent contest, right, that you won at UC Berkeley. Is that right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, of course. Because back then I was studying for civil engineering, right? And, but, but I was doing horrible, and I wasn't sure what else I was going to do. But then there's one day I saw an opportunity. It's like, why not? Just try, have fun, no expectations. But, but somehow I wanted to choose a song that's different from what people have been hearing on the radio. And I heard Bangs by Ricky Martin. And I, oh, okay. That sounds like fun. And I went for it. And I won. <laughs> the grand prize was a DVD player. Woohoo! <laughs> Retirement, yeah. here I come. <laughs> yeah. And that gave me the, the motivation to try for American Idol. But I didn't really know about it. It's just, it has, everything just happened by chance, coincidence. Because a few days after I won, I heard on Fox News that there will be auditions for American Idol and coming to San Francisco. Okay. And that's what happened. Now, for those of us who are geographically impaired, where is, is UC Berkeley in comparison with, with San Francisco? Did you have to go a real far away? No, no, okay. it's, it's on the East Bay. It's near Oakland. Okay, okay. All right, so, so relatively close by, and you just figure, what the heck? Now, William, at that point, there, Kelly Clarkson had already won, right? She's the, fir the first one, I think. Yeah. You've got, I think, Ruben Stoddard was another, another winner. I have to ask you, did you really think that you would win or, or were you just figuring, oh, I'll just see what happens? What can, you know, what's the worst thing? Right. It, it's, it's the latter. I just, just thought I should try something okay. new in life and see what happens. Okay. No idea all that stuff would happen afterwards. The whole Yeah. Whole you know, and let's, let's go back to that issue that, that you said about that you really weren't doing well in school. You were valedictorian right, at your, from your high school. So it's not like you're not a smart person. What do yes. you think led to you struggling in college? Did it have, do you think it had something to do with being away from home or, or what? I, I think it's a combination of uh, not having the, the passion for the why I was studying. Okay. Uh, and then not getting the support I needed. 
Okay. Because the, the college classes uh, got harder and harder, and I didn't have anybody to go to. Okay. So you felt a little isolated. Your heart yeah. really wasn't in it. And yeah. that, you know, I think we can all relate to at some point being at that point in our lives, whether it's in your career, right, where you suddenly look around your office and go, what the heck am I doing here? Or, yeah, luckily, it's the person who has this experience in, in school at a young age and can say, I'm not doing that. I'm dumping it, and I'm, I'm going over here. I'm going this way. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I never saw your audition because I just, I really don't watch reality shows. The only reality shows that I really watch are cooking competitions. That's about it. <laughs> But so I had I had never, ever seen your audition until we met online when you first contacted me. Then I'm like, all right, I got to watch this guy's audition to see what all the I mean, I certainly knew your name, obviously. Um, So I watched it and, you know, I, I didn't think you were American Idol worthy but I didn't think you were bad really and and Uh, I felt so badly for you because we all know you know mean Simon can you talk about that a little bit because I mean and you didn't think this wasn't you didn't know that this was going to be actually aired did you uh no because most people when they audition and you don't make it right it's just the end of the road that's it yeah, yeah, and, and even if they broadcast it, most people they just they just laugh at it, they forget about it. It's not a big deal, right? You know, it's a one-time thing. Right. But for my case, it was so different. It was so unusual. It's like, how did I get this reaction? Right. So let's let's talk about this for a second. How? So in the moment, Simon, you know, zings you like he zings everybody, and and but still, you know, that's got to be hurtful. Were you were you expecting that? I mean, Simon, Simon, and he had his reputation going in there. But I, I'm always wondering how people manage to hold it together when they get hurt like that. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. I mean, if he, if people were to watch watch my original audition, I, my first is like my face got uh shriveled up. <laughs> yeah, like- <laughs> <laughs> right. And then I just said why, how I felt in my heart, because right. I, got that, I, I got that lesson from my parents. They told me it's okay to fail as long as you tried your best. And yes. that's why I was able to leave with a positive attitude. And you know what? When you said that to him, I thought, like Paula did, good for you, because I thought, and she said that's the best attitude to have. I thought the same thing. I thought, you know. What what could Simon say after that? I mean, you re, without meaning to put him down and put him in his place, I, I felt like you really did that because isn't that what we all want to do? Nobody wakes up in the morning going, I'm going to suck and humiliate myself today. Yay me. Oh. No, oh. Nobody does that. Everybody no. wakes up thinking, today's going to be a great day. I'm going to do my best I'm and I'm going to have a great time doing it so yeah you poured your heart into to that obviously so let's talk about now what happened next so you said this was unusual because 
that thing was, I mean, I didn't even watch it and I obviously heard about you. So can you talk about what that was like? I mean, you just, you didn't expect to be on TV and then one night you are in front of millions of people. And it's your most embarrassing moment. Yeah, it was crazy. It was so crazy that I had to hide myself in the dorm room. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't know how people were going to react to me. And next day, I go to class, try to be normal. But suddenly, at the, uh, at the end of my, one of my classes for civil engineering, the professor shocked me. He showed a slide of my American Idol. <laughs> and nice. then the students were gasping. I was, and then they were, whoa, oh, I saw that guy yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you know, now that's really interesting because technically you failed, right? Yeah. You failed. But I, I think that there's this level of, oh, my God, that guy did fail or not. He did something that I've maybe secretly dreamed of doing, would never do. But, you know, he put himself out there, and I didn't. I think that even in our, our biggest failure, I think there's this level of, I'm going to call it respect, that other people have because you tried. And that was part of what the emotion that I got in watching you and, and you know, the research that I did for the project we worked on together um, was, man, this guy really has some, what my mom would call gumption, that, you know, to put himself <laughs> out there like that. So, so talk about your experiences on these talk shows, because you, like, did the circuit, right, the talk show circuit. What was the first one you were on? I forgot. I, I, I think I did Ryan <laughs> I did right. Jay Leno. I did so many. Alan yeah, you did Jay Leno and Jimmy Kimmel, all, all my favorites, right? And Ellen, of course. Yeah. So what kind of things did they ask you about? What kind of uh, – they, they definitely asked me about the, the audition. Right, how, why you didn't. How you got on it, why you got on it, what you think of it. Did you expect to win? Very common questions. Okay, okay. So, and what, I mean, one of the things that impressed me was the fact that you kind of just rode this wave as, for quite a while. What, what happened after you got on the talk shows? What happened after I got on the talk shows? Yeah. What, what did that lead to? I think it's, it's I, it, I can't say it's directly related, but it, it, I think it helps me in terms of eventually getting a record contract from Koch Records. Right. Right. Yeah. Because suddenly you were truly famous. You were everybody, everywhere, and everybody was talking about it. Yes. Yes. That was part of it. Like, and that, that led, I think that also helped uh, getting my website, like the, the old one, williamhung.net. At one point, it was eight over eight million hits. <laughs> All yeah, right. Like right the beginning, 2004, I still remember it because there was somebody that worked on it. He, he, he said we crashed the, the server. <laughs> <laughs> that is kooky. That, yeah. uh, that is very kooky. Now, I read an article from way back in 2004 that include, included an interview with that civil engineering professor. And he said that one of the things that really amazed him about you 
was this ability you have to stay positive in the face of negativity. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because that I think that's fascinating. You know, we all have moments when things don't go our way. And, you know, maybe the first time you're like, all right. But eventually, a lot of people get worn down by by that. So where does this come from? You mentioned your parents. Did your parents instill this sense of things will work out in you? Not sure about that one. I just I just think that it's my life attitude. I see myself that like a, like an optimist. I think my friends yeah. would, uh, agree to agree with that. It's like how come you're always smiling? How come you're always happy? And and the truth is, I may not be always happy, but I, I, I but they don't see it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's I think that's a great way to put it because and and there's a showbiz element in there, right? I'm an old corporate trainer and. There were plenty of days when the last thing I felt like doing was standing in front of 30 people teaching and making it seem like this is the most fun thing to talk about since sliced bread was invented, right? No, I felt like crap or I had a bit. One day I had a fight with my boyfriend at the time and had to go and teach in 20 minutes. I couldn't let people know that there was some, you know, what am I going to say? Hey, sorry, I can't teach a leadership today. I got to go boo-hoo. You know, you just can't do that. So, but, so do you think that optimism, do you think that's something that's just in your DNA? Did you absorb it from your environment? Is it a conscious choice that you make? What, what do you think? I think it's a conscious choice. I, I think that because I, I wasn't born that way. Because, because I, I, I went through childhood, I went through challenges, and one thing that I haven't reviewed, I only started reviewing recently, was that you know, I, I went through bullying like everybody else as a my Asian minority. Yeah. So it, it wasn't always that, that, I didn't always have that positive outlook. But then I, had, I decided to shift my mindset because I have a choice. Every day I wake up, every day I do something, I have a choice. I can either be live in a happy way and bring that to people, or I can be miserable and bring that misery to a, a, a other people. And I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I came to that realization myself back in my 20s. And, yeah, you only kind of make yourself miserable as you're, as you're wallowing in that misery. Let's, let's talk about this thing with the – the Asian accent and the the you're an embarrassment to Asians or something. I, I know that there was there was some thread back when you had your big moment that where some people felt like you were contributing to Asian stereotypes. And and you, you know what? I'm watching this video of you and I watched a bunch of stuff. I watched a bunch of your interviews, your interview with Howard Stern. And I'm thinking, I don't have a problem with this. But uh, I, I guess it, it, there are people who hear an accent and, and think you're not smart, right? That, that was kind of where Howard Stern was going, was my impression, was that you've got this accent and the impression is that you're not bright when in fact you are. Do you, so, so have you experienced a, a lot of, of discrimination and do you think that's where it comes from? I, I, I think part of the problem was that back then I... I was I was very I try to be very authentic and honest, 
But sometimes I was a bit too honest and authentic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I remember, so. Like, 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 uh, like uh, when Jimmy Kimmel asked me if I was a virgin, I and I literally said yes. <laughs> All right, maybe that's not the wisest thing to say on national television. That's true. <laughs> no, I know. But back then, I, I, I was like, like at the heat of the moment, I didn't know what else to say. Yeah, you weren't exactly what we would call media trained at the time, right? So let's let's talk about that a little bit because there's this whole big thing about authenticity, right? That you have to be authentic. Um, have you ever felt, and, and I do, I think that's one of the, the things that connected us to, together was I, I got this sense that, look, this is just me, right? Because you just called me. It was, it was just, just you. But so there's there's this level of i think some people are trying to force their being authentic and 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 it doesn't come across as being authentic so what how do you do it how do how do you and that's what i hear from people how how do i be authentic what makes you be authentic i i think the most important thing is to speak from your heart speak the stories from your share the stories from your heart yeah. Uh, it's very, it's very difficult. It's easier said than done because uh, for I think one of the biggest challenges is that we are all in sales. I don't care if you're trying to get a new job. I don't care if you're public speaking. You have your own business. You are in sales. Mm-hmm. So, so the intent is like sometimes our brain is like, okay, I need to persuade that person to buy somehow. Even if I don't say those words, I have to. But my the mindset is that you have to persuade the other person to buy. So, so, so when you crack your stories, when you talk to people, uh, it's very easy to fall into the trap of, okay, I, I, need to, I need to say things in a way that would trigger the other person's brain to buy instead of just being authentic, right. being, instead of educating people or just sharing what's in your heart. Yeah. They, yeah. People could tell. People are really, really strong these days. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a great way to express it. And I think of it as as uh, genuine. I think that's the word that I prefer over authentic is genuine, being the your genuine self. And yeah, sometimes you say things that you know, I probably shouldn't have said that. And but you just move on and people need to connect emotionally with you as well. And I think when you're your real self, you hear hear no a lot less because p- the people who connect with you, they're going to say yes because they want more of you. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I agree with that one. Like, like, like it's almost like like somehow like um, you you try to give to people first. You co- you try to come across that way. Right. Right. Because if you come, if you come, it's very, it's, it's not just what you say, it's how you act and everything else. Right. Uh, if you come across as a taker right from the first impression, then you're already in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I think we're all smart enough to, to tune into that, or at least they'll catch, people will catch on soon enough. And yeah, yeah it, you end up repelling people when you're trying to attract them. Yeah. So, okay, so you... You rode the American Idol thing. You got your record contract. Eventually, that started to, like, your sales started to decline, right? 
And I know you had some other great opportunities. You were in an episode of Arrested Development, right? And you did mm-hmm. some other things, some other acting kind of pieces, yeah. right? So was this yeah. part of figuring out how to make this work for you? To be the honest answer is that is that I never thought of it as a real business. Yeah. And that's it, and and if that's one thing I regret it in in my life, uh, regret my life, that will be it. Okay. I never thought of treating it like a business. I just thought that okay, well things are coming to me. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it. Because people are giving it to me. They 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 said okay, come over. You know, ten thousand dollars, whatever. Right? They they, talk, right. they literally want me. So I just I just do it, <laughs> and right. that's it. I just kept doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it for about four years. But but then uh, things didn't work out, or at least started to slow down. Right. And I realized that I can't just sit around and hope to get lucky again. Yeah. 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 Lightning doesn't usually strike twice. So you, I know you finished your degree and you went back to school, right? And finished your degree. And, and then, you know, you get a job, people have to eat, right? So you get a job and, but you're building a a business as a motivational speaker, right? So what was your, what was your first real launch to start building that practice as a speaker? Well, I I've been I've been in Toastmasters for over six years. That's awesome. Toastmasters is a great organization. Yeah. Yes, but I but I haven't thought about building my own speaking business until the beginning of last year. Okay. And then the reason is because I feel I have, I have a bigger mission. I am I am tired of just being chained to my desk with work that anybody else could do. Right. I know I'm capable of more because I have a message that, that, that people can learn from and benefit from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that is so completely true. So you have been, you, you've been going to, you've been speaking to associations and gradually building the audience size and scope that you speak to. Is that right? Yes. Okay, great. Um, and now you're also getting into, I know, coaching, right? So can you talk a little bit about that? What kind of services do you provide and, and where are you, what kind of people are you looking to help? Of course. So I'm looking for young aspiring entrepreneurs and, and particular people that want to get, get into coaching and consulting businesses. Okay. Because I, I feel that, that based on, I did a lot of research and research on this myself because I want to improve my business model as a speaker. So uh, I would say that, that the, the process I'm helping some of my close friends with, I'm already, I'm already uh, letting them uh, t- test it, get mm-hmm. a feel for it. And, and, they, 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 and I'm starting to turn heads. I started to get, get, get like a strong reaction. I, I yeah. actually recently shared my um, new presentation about authority marketing, uh, and I was turning heads. Uh, uh, and I, and how how do I know that? Well, the reason I know that is because after I gave my presentation, right away the people said, "Oh my God, uh, let let's schedule more meetings to talk about this. Uh, we, we need your help, William, because our club is struggling." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I uh, yeah, that, I'm- I have something that that could be valuable right here. Yeah, the the applause is certainly a great indication of that you've got a message that resonates with people. And and I think that you know something I learned myself was when you can recognize and acknowledge your wound, it's there, it made you who you are, 
but it provides this great opportunity for you to personally grow and then, yeah, help other people. So that, yeah, I think that is a, a, a really profound uh, thing. And when, as I was watching your videos and, and doing research for the project, yeah, I could absolutely see the, the total relationship between failing on, on the show, but actually turning it into something really outstanding. I had, um, I mentioned that I, I watch cooking competitions. I actually had a friend who was on the next, next Food Network star. She was one of the final three. And, you know, so she failed, yeah. right? Because she wanted to win. She failed. She has gone on to have this fabulous, you know, business and thriving career and this, all these great, fabulous things happen to her. And nobody says, hey, you failed. You're a loser. I don't want you on my show. No, they love her. She's fabulous. So, yeah, I think we tend to look at what goes wrong and see it as a failure rather than the, let's see how I can leverage this and amplify it. So I love that you're doing that. So tell folks, how can they learn more about you? How can they follow you and and, uh, stay connected? Absolutely. So my website is willhung.com dot B-I-L-L-H-U-N-G dot C-O-M. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to schedule a free call with me, uh, check out the coaching page, fill out the, the, the form. There are three mm-hmm. simple questions. And once you do that, we, we can see, we can schedule a call. Excellent. Super. And of course, we'll have links to William's site and all of his social media links as well. So you can connect with him there as well. So thanks so much. It was so much fun to talk to you. You're welcome. All right. I hope you found that fun and helpful. I love talking to William. He is is just a load of fun. And in full disclosure, he's actually a copywriting client of mine. So if you like this episode, I hope you'll share it with your connections. Please leave a great review for it on the platform where you've consumed it. And be sure to subscribe either on that specific platform like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play. You can even subscribe to the video version on YouTube and get notices of whenever I release a new video. But you can also subscribe on my website at winnieanderson.com fans. And when you do, you'll receive episodes emailed to you each week and along with information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding and profit from your expertise. I share information to help you position and pre-sell yourself as the trusted, unique advisor you are and so you can attract the great clients that you deserve. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise. No alcohol needs to be involved. Okay, so... Ask yourself, what do you dream of doing that fear of failure is holding you back from? Would you do a Facebook Live, a video? Would you speak? Maybe you'd enter a contest. Maybe it's something like you'd reach out to someone who you know you could help and who you think would be a great client to work with. So think about all that and then ask yourself, Why aren't you taking action? What is it that you're afraid of? All right, your action step. In the great book, Finish, 
by author John Acuff. He talks about what he calls hiding places and noble obstacles. A hiding place, according to him, is where we go to avoid taking action. So a good example would be Facebook or YouTube or visiting some other site, you know, where we tend to get lost. Doing research is, uh, is one for me. I can be on Google all day just researching a topic. A noble obstacle, on the other hand, is something that you keep telling yourself you have to do, you have to get done before you can do this other thing, right? So before you can start speaking, you have to have your website up. Or you need to have your book actually written and produced before you can start talking about it and marketing it, right? Now, anytime you hear yourself say, but first, that should tell you that you're headed towards a noble obstacle. And it's called a noble obstacle because it does sound like it's really important, like it really is important for you to do this thing first. But it's so easy to then just keep tinkering at that thing, that noble obstacle, and never get around to taking that action that you know is what you really need to do. We can even use our families as excuses to hold us back from going after our dreams. Maybe you use your personality type as an excuse. You know, it's just the way I am. I'm just a shy person. I'm just an introvert. Well, you know what? I'm an introvert too. You can't let that get in your way. So the action step I want you to take I want you to identify the things that you keep telling yourself that you want to do and that you need to do, but you keep delaying taking action on. Identify one that you are committed to really take action on and finally break free from your hiding place or your noble obstacle around it. Leave me a comment below and tell me what it is that you're avoiding and what you're really promising yourself that you are going to do and when are you going to do it. Now, if, you're, if you'd like to, you can also get the worksheet that I put together to help you s- step through this and actually break through your resistance. So you can print it out and you can just write, write in it by hand. Frankly, for me, writing it by hand really helps inspire me, helps me get more clear activates that spot in your brain that helps you process that information, but you can also type right in there if you would like to. There are actionable fields that you can type in, and, uh, and that way you can save it, and you can you know, reflect back on it if you'd like to do that. So there's a link to the worksheet in the show notes for this episode at winnieanderson.com slash opportunity, and if you're looking for help, as you grow in your journey of becoming a courageous entrepreneur or you'd like to get help to stay focused on completing your big goals and really putting yourself out there to come out of hiding and ultimately to take your business to to the next level of success, then I want you to consider joining the Courageous Entrepreneur Club. The club is made of small groups of no more than 10 solo professionals and entrepreneurs who receive coaching from me, virtual coaching, and who provide accountability and support to each other as they move forward to achieve the goals they would otherwise lose focus on. Group enrollment happens at specific times during the month. So to learn more about that, go to winnieanderson.com club. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. Remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.